I'm reading a passage from the Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. And Nicodemus and Jesus, Nicodemus is a learned rabbi, and he is coming at, he's heard a lot about this Jesus, but he doesn't dare to talk to him up in the open, so he, he uh, comes at night, and the two of them are having a conversation, and this is a part of that conversation. Do not be astonished that I said to you, Nicodemus, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. And so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? The reading of the Gospel. Thanks be to God. Before I begin, I just want to say it's good to be here. It's probably the, the last, excuse me, the, the last time I will be preaching. But anyway, I want to say thank you to Scott and Joanna and all the rest for inviting me to, to have the pulpit one last time. That means a lot to me. And I look out and I see all of my friends and then I see little Ida. What a, what a appropriate thing is that I, I saw when you were pregnant <laughs> and then you had a baby and now it's been baptized and, and it's been repeating itself many, many times lately. That's a, that, that's a great sense of hope for this congregation. And so I want to say it is good to be here. It was good to be your pastor, and it's now good just to be a part of your community of faith. It was 55 years ago yesterday that I was ordained. It was also Father's Day, and it was my oldest daughter's birthday. My father laid hands on me that day, much like a pastor had laid his hands on, on my father many years earlier. I'd gone to school for nine years preparing for this day. I was a good student, and I felt confident that I knew the teachings and the doctrines of the Lutheran Church. Another part of my, important part of my education, however, was that I had to work, and I worked hard to pay for my, my education. I worked as a rag picker in a woolen mill. I worked as a gandy dancer on the railroad section gang. I belonged to three labor unions enabling me to work as a night watchman, a hod carrier for the bricklayers for seven summers, and working in the, at the night shift at Dayton's package warehouse. I now consider these, those jobs as also a very important part of my education. I had book smarts, and I had also street smarts. I look back to my ordination, and I feel I was much like Nicodemus. I was equipped as a teacher but not fully understanding the role of the Holy Spirit in preaching. My calling was not to make my congregation smarter about Jesus, but rather to allow the Holy Spirit to make my congregations followers of Jesus. I still remember when I had a Nicodemus moment and the light came on that changed my preaching from that day on for many, many years. I was at a conference of preachers where we had invited Edna Hong a professor and popular author from St. Olaf College, to speak to us. I had just read her book, Bright Valley of Love, and it was such a moving book that I actually had tears in my eyes. And so I called her and I asked for her permission if I could quote from her once in a while uh, from her book, and she gave me her blessing. Now when Professor Edna Hong stood before us, preachers, we all knew that we were in the, at the feet of a, 
of a very wise and very learned teacher. She gave us many good tips that day for writing and constructing a sermon. But she gave one bit of advice that has become my mantra from that day on. When I sit in the pew, she said, I don't want to hear you speaking from your head to my head. I want to hear you speaking from your heart to my heart. I don't want to discover how smart you are about Jesus. I want you to share your walk with me with Jesus. Share stories that will illustrate your walk with Jesus. Well, I became a part of the Shepherd of Hills community now almost 25 years ago. I was one of your pastors for eight or nine years, and I've shared many stories with you heart to heart, reflecting what it means to walk with Jesus. Two stories that some of you have heard uh, before have been teaching moments about the nature of the gospel. One was about four-year-old Brandon when I was at Bethlehem Lutheran. Now, Brandon loved to come up for our times for children. Some of the children would be squirmy at times, but not Brandon. Brandon was all business. I had just performed a baptism like we had today. Baptisms are very, very special for me. And, and as was my custom, I would review with the children what was the name of their, of their new brother or sister. And they all knew that I would ask them that. And so when I said, now who is the name of your newest brother this day? They said, they all shouted out, Peter Allen. And well, I said, Peter has been given another, another name today. In fact, he's been given the three names of God. When he became a member of God's family, just like you became a member of God's family when you were baptized, and like Ida just became a member of God's family today. So because God has three names, Peter was also given the three names of God today. And so I reached into the thought, as I usually did, and, and I sprayed the kids a little bit. That usually got their attention. <laughs> when I poured the water on Peter's head the first time, I said, I gave him the name of God, the, the Father, the Creator, who made the stars and the heavens and, and, all, and everything that you see all around. That became Peter's name. I sprayed them with another handful of water with the words, when I pour on the water on Peter's head a second time, I gave him the name of Jesus. Jesus who loves us so much that he was even willing to die for us. I noticed that Brandon's eyes were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. With a third splash of water, I exclaimed, Peter was also given the third name of God today. He was given the name of the Holy Spirit, who now lives in, in, inside of Peter and inside of all of you. The Holy Spirit tells us every day that God loves you. God loves you without re reservation. He loves us even when we are bad. Now, that was just too much for Brandon. He stood up in the midst of all these other kids and he, and he shouted at the top of his lungs. He says, how can this be? <laughs> he didn't know anything about Nicodemus, but he almost quoted Nicodemus word for word. <laughs> now, the mystery and the wonder of how God acts on, uh, on our behalf is so beyond reason that it blows us away at times. I'm reminded that day with Brandon that I don't have to explain the logic of God's love, the gift of love and salvation. I need to just get out of the way and proclaim stories of God's actions on our behalf. And the Holy Spirit will then have the chance to blow like the wind 
and transform our lives. Now, a second story comes from my teens. I was a member, I was a senior in high school. My father had accepted a call to Salem Lutheran in Dalbo, Minnesota, well, just after my sophomore year of high school. And so my older brother and I, that was a traumatic thing to kind of move at that time in your life. If you don't know where Dalbo is, welcome to the club. <laughs> it's a, like a little speck on the map, 15 miles northwest of Cambridge, where we graduated later. Now, uh, my brother and I had bought a 1939 Nash Lafayette for $150 that summer in order to be able to drive to school and sports practices when we moved to our new home. Uh, before we left for our new home, Herb Besky of Besky Motors in Hector, Minnesota, uh, sold, us a Nash, sold us a Nash, and he was so generous that, that he threw in seven used tires uh, <laughs> to go along with it. Herb was something of a prophet. We had seven, seven blowouts that fall on, on the way to school. Now, early one morning when I was a senior, I had a terrible row with my mother. My mother and I were very, very close. Was my best friend as well as my mother. I would never, ever yell at her, but that, was, that morning was kind of different. I, I was so sure that I was right and that my mother was wrong. And so I slammed the door and went out and jumped into my Nash and made my way, way to school. And all the way to school that, that morning, it would take at least you know, 30, 30 minutes maybe, I was thinking, thinking about my arguments with mother and how I would close those arguments when I got back home after football practice, and I would show her how wrong she was and how right I was. And, and, so, and I had this knot in my stomach all in every class I sat in that day. And then I went to football practice, and, and I remember that, that Coach Jim Foley, a good coach, uh, he said, man, you really are hitting them today, huh? He said. <laughs> it was a long ride home again. I reviewed the logic of my case against mom, and when I came home, I, would, I parked what I usually did on the, on the top of a hill that went from the church down, down to the parsonage in case the starter didn't work the next day, and I, and I could just uh, <laughs> come on down. As I walked to the, in the back entrance, I smelled something. It was the aroma of food. The family usually was finished eating by the time I got home. By the time, this time, however, everybody was sitting around the family table and they were waiting for me to sit down. And the, the aroma that I inhaled was the aroma of pot roast, my absolute favorite. Mother would bake the beef roast until the edges were like beef jerky. They passed me the mashed potatoes and this and then, I, and then the gravy, the deep, brown, rich gravy, lots of gravy. And then came the carrots. Everything was my favorite that evening. I looked over at mom. She acted like it was a normal meal. I still had this knot in my stomach, and it, it caused me not to, to lose some of my appetite. I could not finish all of my lemon pudding, even though that was my favorite dessert. Well, after dad gave the after-dinner blessing, Everyone, as usual, jumped up and ran upstairs because the last one usually had to help mom with the dishes. I just sat there. I couldn't move that, that evening. Mother began washing the dishes, and I watched her for a while. And then I went up and grabbed a towel, and I started wiping. 
And finally, I couldn't go on any longer, and I just gave Mother a big hug, and I said, Mom, I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? And then we didn't do much hugging in those days, but Mom hugged me, hugged me back, and she says, Hubert, I forgave you the moment you walked out the door this morning. I forgave you the moment you walked outside the door this morning. And then I had a Nicodemus moment. How can this be? How can I be forgiven even after I slammed the door in anger and I had not even asked for forgiveness yet? And that experience taught me how God acts towards both you and me. And that is what the gospel is all about. This is what I have been called to preach for 55 years. Sharing this story is how Edna Hong asked me to preach, not head to head, but rather heart to heart. And so I thank God after 55 years for giving me one of the greatest jobs in the world. I thank God in a very special way for surprising me. Some of you know why I was surprised. With, a, with a, my last call, a call to Shepherd of the Hills. And now I have these wonderful pastors of my own, Scott and Joanna. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in this Christ Jesus.